This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to this week's podcast. I have a bunch of news and the announcement for this month's subscriber giveaway, so stay tuned at the end for that one, but let's jump right in. Those Arcade 1UP machines are all now down to $199. Um, those originally premiered at $349 and then went down to $299, and now they're just $200. And I hope everybody isn't sick of hearing hearing about these things, but... You know, when I saw the price drop was about the same time I saw another popular YouTuber get a whole bunch of them sent for free, and then they did a whole review talking about how cool they were, you know, with only a few shortcomings. I just, I'm sitting, you know, I'm watching the video, or at least, you know, kind of half watching it in the background, trying to write this article up, thinking, getting all snooty, thinking like, why would I buy that one for Pac-Man when I have a Mr. Kit sitting right over there that could play it perfectly? And then I looked at my Mr. in pieces, not hooked up to anything, waiting to be updated. And I thought, and then I have that small arcade machine I'm working on that that's going to be awesome. And I can have a Mr. and a Raspberry Pi. And I looked over at my small arcade machine that still needs the new holes cut for the new controllers. And it, that's when it kind of really hit me like, oh, I get it. You pay 200 bucks. You either get free shipping or you pick it up from Walmart. You plug it in. You use it till it dies. There's zero effort involved. I get it now. I totally get it. Um, Justin from Console Kits actually posted a video that was pretty much echoed my thoughts on it as well. If anybody wants to see a gamer's perspective appreciating it as the toy that it is. So no, no one's trying to say, no one in the real retro gaming world is trying to say this is a perfect replacement. But it's, it is a fun toy for people that, that just kind of want to not worry about things, not screw around, and just do it. So um, I've certainly changed my take on this thing a little bit. Because of the 199 price point, I think it, you know, for 200 bucks, if you just want to throw a couple of machines, you know, in a kid's room when, for a family party or something, it probably do, you know, it probably do exactly what it was intended for, I guess. So, I still can't help just being a little bit snooty about the whole thing because there were a few things that Arcade One Up could have done to make them a lot better. And they could have even done both without really that much of a big difference. You know, they could have had an Elite Edition for $4.99. And keep in mind, I'm always completely and totally aware of manufacturing, minimum order quantities, testing, and all that stuff. So, you know, I'm not trying to say that they should change everything for one Elite Edition, but they could have put a little bit more thought into a few things about this. So who knows? Maybe they're listening. Maybe they'll, uh, you know, maybe they'll end up uh, doing something like that, but 200 bucks, I don't know, it's kind of a neat toy. As of the first week of January, Retro Gaming Cables will now be offering Mini Din 8 cables as part of their Pack-A-Punch line, the overmolded uh, good strain relief cables that they've been selling. 
And I think this is awesome because now both of the major cable sellers will be offering these cables in stock. Uh, both these and Retro Access has their 75 ohm coax versions in stock. And I think, and I strongly feel that um, this should become the new standard for retro gamers that <coughs> for consoles that do not already have a mini DIN output that supports RGB. So this 8-pin mini DIN started out uh, being used on the XRGB Mini, and this is the pinout that's used on it. So the Home Arcade Supergun and Tim Worthington on his NES RGB kits uses the same pinout just to make it easier. Um, but because of that, both those devices require that this just be a pass-through cable, that this is not any kind of, uh, there's no components needed. Now you could just have a straight mod. And the problem with some of the other mods that are out there that use, like, the Genesis 2 connector, um, in order to have this output correctly, you want to get a good quality Genesis 2 connector that has resistors on the console side and caps on, in the SCART head. So that means for this to work, whatever mod it is that you're doing has to output improper video signal so it could be corrected using the components in the cable. And if it sounds confusing, that's because it is. And um, some people who have created some devices have already run into serious issues with this, both for cables that were either were or weren't up to spec. And that's something that can now just be cured, in my opinion. Um, you know, this... This is something that you can get the connectors readily available on DigiKey as well as elsewhere. And uh, Dan, a.k.a. Citrus3000PSI, has even put up um, boards that you could drop right on top so that when you mount these in, you don't have to solder to the different points. You could just solder to the pads. Not sure if that's showing up. Yeah. <coughs> so people have already created the tools for this. People have already created uh, the pinout. And uh, it's something that people have already been using. So... If you have a new device that you're making that needs to output RGB, or if you're modding a console like the 3DO, the CDI, Intellivision, ColecoVision, Atari 2600, pretty much any console that doesn't have a stock RGB outputting mini DIN, this is the one that I recommend. Um, the only exception I would think would be the Sega Master System 2, because it would make sense just to keep it Sega and use a Genesis 2 connector, uh, and because you can get composite video that way. But that would be the only exception, in my opinion. I think now you can get those connectors cheap, available worldwide. You can get the cables made from both major cable resellers, and they're just pass-through cables. So whatever device it is that you've made or whatever mod you've made, you don't have to worry about, you know, somebody five years from now forgetting which cable goes into what or having a custom cable with a Genesis DIN on it or whatever it is. Now it's just the 8-pin mini DIN pass-through cable that people just get used to seeing in retro gaming. So if you're a modder, uh, <coughs> if you're a developer that's inventing stuff that uses a mini DIN, please consider this because it just it'll solve so many problems in the short term, but it'll solve way more than that in the long term for people that need to deal with this down the road. So uh, if anybody still doesn't really understand why I'm arguing for it, maybe I'll just do a separate video with visual cues so you can see what I'm talking about rather than just hear me ramble. But uh, it's something that's important, and now there's no excuse not to use it because the cables, connectors, and you know other enhancement PCBs are available everywhere for these things now. And it really will just make any console or mod or whatever that doesn't have an existing DIN now have a standard that we could all rely on. 
Analog has just released an update to the Super NT's firmware that supposedly fixes a bug with the Super Game Boy. Uh, I was just using the Super Game Boy on a Super NT on that last ep- uh, the Woozle GBA HDMI consoleizer video, and I didn't find any issues, but if Kevtris says there's an issue, I'm updating it to fix the issue. So anybody with a Super NT um, that doesn't use the jailbreak firmware, you might as well just update. Uh, and, <coughs> excuse me, as far as I know, there's no 4.7 jailbreak firmware yet. So if you were using basic, basic cart support with that, I would just hold off for a little while. Neo Geo versions of the upcoming game Xenocrisis are also available for pre-order now, as well as the Genesis and other versions. And I think it's absolutely awesome that we get to see newer games on older consoles like this. And I've, you know, I'm just getting into Neo Geo the past five years. The only time I've really used it previous was in the arcade or emulated, but it just for a long time was so far out of my price range. And now that I'm really starting to discover the library, and not just (coughs) messing around for a few minutes here and there on emulation, but really enjoying it, um, it's cool to see new games come to light for it. So it's a little expensive just because everything Neo Geo is, but if you're a big fan of the Neo Geo and you want to play Xenocrisis on it, it's now available for pre-order. Someone has just posted a ROM hack of Super Mario 64 that takes the original Mario Brothers levels and puts them in 2.5D, I guess what you'd call it, um, playable right on the N64 ROM. So I haven't had a chance to try it out myself, and I haven't tried it on real hardware, but this thing does look pretty cool. Um, and it, it just it seems like a really cool and unique way to play a game that most of us probably already know. So post down below and let me know, does it work on real hardware for you? What do you think of the game? And uh, is it as cool as I, is it as cool as it looks? (laughs) Work has just begun on an FPGA core for the Capcom CPS one and two systems. Um, These are the Capcom Play System arcade boards, and each one of them uh, was a two-board system where you have, almost think of it like a game in a console. So you'd have the Capcom Play System uh, as part of the sandwich, and then you'd be able to stake the game PCB on top of it, which means when the core is complete, it'll be able to support a ton of games, And uh, for anybody listening on audio, I'm just kind of slowly scrolling through the different CPS2 and CPS1 games that are available. Plus, you know, there's different ROM hacks of each, different region versions and all that stuff. So when this is completed, you're not just getting two Capcom arcades, you're getting a lot. So, uh, you know, once again, this is, the work has just begun. It's able to show graphics. But I would say that this is going to be one of the most exciting things that you'd be able to use a mister for. Because while I'm a huge fan of the project and I will continue to support it as long as I can, um, the fact is that it's not too hard to go get a Super Nintendo and play it on a CRT, an RGB monitor, grab a Super NT and play it on a flat screen. But it is pretty hard to get a good zero lag, you know, high quality Capcom arcade experience. Of course, there's those uh, emulation on a disc versions that you can buy for newer consoles. But, you know, I just recently was able to get one of these thanks to Undamped. Shout out. Uh, And I love it. I think it's, I like it way more than I would have ever guessed that I would have. Because I just assumed that I would treat it like Street Fighter and play it when I'm in the mood for that. But there's so many cool games. And the fact that you could play it on an RGB monitor, no lag, have a real experience, that's incredible. So the thought of that coming through a Mr. platform. So now 
many other people could experience it the same way is really awesome. So, uh, you know, to everybody who's working on this stuff, thank you so much. Um, and as far as the initial Mr. Work goes, I, uh, <coughs> sorry, I keep coughing. Um, you know, I think it's, uh, I don't have a single negative thing to say about it, but I think stuff like this is where people need to realize the importance of forking the project. So the initial circle of people, the core group, pun intended, very awful, bad, retro gaming pun intended, the core group of people in the core project, you know, I don't think anything should really change for that at all, but I do think now there needs to be two versions, uh, if not three, if you want to keep the original IO board, but I think a version uh, that is focused on retro gamers on CRTs and analog equipment, no, you know, knowing that you could always use the HDMI output as well, I think that really needs to be something that's important. Uh, you know, the controller inputs like Ash Evans has been working on. Um, it, maybe, maybe not necessarily a SCART output because those are big and cumbersome, but maybe a Mini Din 8, you know, just to call back, you know, to keep calling back from earlier segments today. I mean, that would be the perfect thing. You know, have maybe a VGA port, a Mini Din... Uh, Mini DIN 8 and then RCA audio. And of course, you know, not dual output. Uh, I'm not asking to add that, although it probably wouldn't be too hard. It's more like people could just choose whichever output's best for them. Have it the controller inputs, have it sit alongside like I've been begging people to do all along. And now you could have what looks like a mini console. I think that would be perfect, but because of things like all the awesome arcade cores that have been added and this Capcom CPS core, I think there needs to be a JAMA version as well. And I think that needs to be taken very seriously because of all the different things that can be done with it. So <clears throat> having a JAMA output, um, and and maybe maybe that's the time that you add uh, like a THS7374 chip and have dual outputs, have JAMA and analog, and of course the HDMI, HDMI on top of it, and then have all the support for the different arcade controllers. Um, you know... It, if this is something that I could help in any way, even if it's just introducing the right people, getting information up there, anybody on the Mr. Project, please reach out. But I think um, I think if everybody takes a step back a bit and realizes that the, the central core group and the core work is amazing and awesome, and I don't, you know, once again, zero complaints, but I just think that this Mr. Platform is going to get bigger than all of us. Uh, all of us could have imagined faster than we could have imagined. So maybe let's head this off at the pass before too many people already adopt the current state, which is fine, but I just think there's uh, more to be had from this, and I think this is something that we could think about uh, even scaling in the future. So uh, anybody interested, reach out. I'm going to be busy over the next week, but I would love to keep working and pushing forward on stuff like this because, I mean, I know... I know a lot of people now, and, you know, people always make fun of me. Well, how, how many do you mean by a lot? Enough people to make it worthwhile uh, that would adapt a JAMA solution right away just for the cores that are already out there. Uh, in fact, I know people that would probably buy two, one for the, the vertical-oriented and one for the horizontal-oriented games. So, uh, you know, please keep that in mind. Please reach out if I could be of any help. But this is starting to get cooler than any of us could have imagined. So uh, let's all, especially people like me that I have no expertise expertise in Verilog and can't help with the programming, but I absolutely can help with the, the bigger picture stuff and where this is going in the future because of all the years I did manufacturing, product design. I, I could just, 
let's cut this off at the pass and get this done right before it even begins, really, before it even begins to blow up. So thanks so much to everybody that's working on it, and I can't wait to see what comes next. The YouTube channel Displaced Gamers has just put up a video that explains what is 525 line analog video. And I think they do a great job adding visual cues to what I've heard explained to me and what I've read many times. But I just, I really like the way that they put the video together to make it visual, easy to visualize what's going on. And I think for me, even though I kind of understood what was going on anyway, being able to see it gave me a much tighter grasp on the info. So even if you're already, uh, you know, maybe the Stikulovs of the world can skip this one, but the rest of us should probably give it a watch if you're, if you're interested in the why and not just the what. Um, there are many of us out there that just want to know what to buy and what works, and I have no problem with that whatsoever. But if you're one of the few that likes to know about the why, check this out. And they also did a video about the history of 240p recently that I thought was pretty cool as well. And I couldn't remember if I've already talked about it, so I just threw it in the same post anyway. The team behind the game Hive Jump has just announced a Nintendo Switch and Xbox One release date at January 11th, so just a few weeks away. And I haven't had a chance to play this one yet, but it looks like a pretty cool game, so if you like retro-inspired shooting games, give this one a look. Super G just posted an update talking about the sync regeneration thing he's been working on for the newest version of the G-SCART Switch. And the bad news is that one of the things that he thought was might help didn't. So he's still going to look at one other option to try to do the sync regeneration for all Sony BVM A series with the BKM 68X, as well as the H series. There's actually a long list of stuff that's uh, that has issues with retro gaming sync that we're hoping could be fixed by something like this. Um, and he's got one more thing to try, but he said if that doesn't work then the FPGA chip he's using might not be fast enough to fix it, so there would have to be a different product in the future for it, if at all. So let's all keep our fingers crossed, because while it's not many of us that are affected by the problem, there are definitely enough of us to make it a real issue. And hey, if you can make a product that increases the compatibility overall, then why not? It's just a win for everybody. So thanks to Super G for doing all this hard work and testing, and I uh, can't wait to try it out. Okay, now it's time to announce this month's subscriber giveaway. For all of you new to the channel, at the last podcast of every month, I announce something to be given away, and then I post on all of the subscriber pages. So at the moment, it's Patreon and Subscribestar. I did sign up and get approved for the YouTube one, but apparently it doesn't go active until I hit 30,000 viewers or 30,000 subscribers. So uh, if you could help out with that, guys. You know, like, subscribe, and share, or whatever the kids are supposed to say these days. But um, point being, in those uh, at least two places as of now, Subscribestar and Patreon, there will be a post that has a picture of the thing that I'm giving away. And you just post there something short, like, I'm in, you know, yes, please, whatever. Uh, and then the next week, I put all of those names into a random name picker, and I do the drawing live, well, not live, but on camera at least, and then uh, announce the winner. So for this month, for the last giveaway of 2018, was actually donated by Armed and Overclocked. So a massive and huge thank you for doing this. Um, it's just, I can't even tell you how much I appreciate it. And I'm sure the person who gets this will as well. It is an iFixit ProTech Toolkit. Um, I know a few people that use these things that, that really swear by them because inside it has pretty much all of the bits that you would need and um, you know it comes in like a nice carrying case too. It's brand <laughs> brand new, unopened, 
So uh, thank you very, very much to Armed and Overclocked for doing this. Um, this will be, once again, you'll see the picture of it in the post on both Subscribestar and Patreon. But going forward, I, I'm just going to sign up for everyone, and whatever's easiest for you, do it. Um, you know, please just don't interpret it as I'm expecting people to sign up for everyone. I just want to make it easier for you because I, I cannot even begin to tell you how appreciative I am of everybody's support and the things that keep this channel going. Um, from the, the supporters that donate to people like Armed and Overclocked that send this stuff in and uh, even people that just help with testing and information so thank you so much to everybody I'm looking forward to doing the drawing for this next week um, and uh, once one last time thank you again to Armed and Overclocked very cool for anybody out in the Chicago area I will be there this Saturday the 29th with Steve from HD Retrovision and probably a handful of other folk uh, I want to plan a, a meetup of sorts the last time I tried this, uh, we didn't make it official because we didn't know if we would be working all day. And that was actually a smart thing because we ended up working till like 8 o'clock at night and we're only out for about an hour. So this time I want to at least give a few days notice and I'm going to try to do it <coughs> Excuse me, in the afternoon. So uh, I understand if people live far, you know, it's holiday weekend, no one's, probably no one wants to drive late at night. So maybe we do a late afternoon, early evening meetup at one of the arcades in Chicago. Uh, I will add a post about it, and I will also update this YouTube video with the link to that post. So uh, if you're watching this before Saturday the 29th and you're in the Chicago area, please come down. I'd love to meet you, play some video games, have a beer. Um, Steve will be there too, and uh, I'm sure a few other people as well. So I'll keep everybody posted. Well, that's about it for this week. Sorry I kept coughing during some of the segments. I'm still trying to get over that cold that's been nagging me forever, so at the very least I'm trying to like turn away from the mic. But as always, thank you to everybody for watching. Thank you to all the supporters for all of your amazing support. And uh, I hope to see you all soon.